I think that not having a, a spring ball and with workouts being as strange as they are kind of gives the advantage to Sean because, I mean, they know what they have in Sean. You know, he's 8-3 and three as a starter. They love his moxie. Like you said, the team rallies behind him. He wins. Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. Alongside of me is my co-host, Robert Munoz. We have a very special guest today, Michael Katz, Wild Sports writer. He's going to join us for pretty much the entire episode, so we're really happy to have him. Sorry, it's been a kind of a long break ever since we had University of Wyoming wide receiver Aiden Eberhart on the podcast. We've been wanting to get Mr. Katz on here with us, and he's been on a little vacation, little, little, you know, sunset in California, if you would. So he's back in Wyoming. He's back working. So we're just going to do a full-length thing with Mr. Katz. So some of the stuff we're going to go over today, the 2020 Mountain West preseason media poll, it was released. You may not be surprised, Wyoming is pretty high up there. Looks like the media is pretty high on Wyoming this season. Also, the media is very high on Xavier Valade. So we're going to talk about that and some of the watch lists that he has appeared on in this preseason. And then we're going to say goodbye to Mr. Katz. And Robert and I are going to share a prep spotlight, a video from the quarterback at Kelly Walsh High School in Casper. He swings through. He tells us what they've been doing to stay fit, stay sharp during everything that's transpired in the world these past few months. So you'll hear from him directly. We'll talk about some of the things going on with the WHSAA. So we'll get into all of that, but first, Normally, I'd go to Robert, but let's check in with Mr. Michael Katz. Michael, how's it going today? Good. Uh, it, it, it's nice to be back. Uh, it, you know, I, it's funny. I, you know, I was in L.A. for two weeks, and I felt like Superman because, like, my lung capacity was just, like, absurd. And I went running, and then I came back here, and I went running yesterday, and it was, like, the worst experience of my life. <laughs> It'll do that to you. It'll it, do that to you. It was well, tough. Well, Robert, how how are you doing today? I know you're moving. You got a bunch of stuff that you're trying to handle, but you've carved out some time to join us. Yep, moving, cleaning, deep cleaning the apartment, you know, got to get that deposit back. Absolutely. Yeah. Busy day, David. Uh, Michael, did you have a chance to stop and try David's favorite place to eat in Southern California and Angelo's over there? No, it's so, it's really, it's, it's funny because as you know, California is super closed down uh, at the moment. So I think like the farthest I went was to like my best friend from high school's house. And we had to like socially distance on his patio and drink a couple beers. Uh, Other than that, it was just like hanging out at home, 
using my parents' pool and uh, occasionally getting some drive-through. It's it's it, Wyoming's pretty lucky right now with 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 the access and how comparatively uh, things are open here. Uh, you know, you have the option to wear a mask here in California. Uh, they'll basically shoot you dead if you're not wearing one. So you'll definitely get a ton of looks if you're not wearing that mask. Sounds like you're living the California quarantine lifestyle there. Love to hear it. It was, uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a great place to be right now. Certainly. (laughs) Well, I guess we'll just dive right in here. We'll talk about the 2020 Mountain West preseason media poll. Let's go over where all the teams rank before we talk to Mr. Katz about how he voted in the mountain division, which is where Wyoming is. We got Boise state. They were number one, almost unanimously. They had 20 of 21 first place votes. Mr. Katz has a big grin on his face. Looks like he might've been that one, but we'll find out. Then Wyoming, they got that other first place vote. They're coming in in second in the mountain division. Then we have Air Force at three. We know that the Air Force QB is a cadet no longer in good standing. So who knows if that impact them impacted their votes and everything, and who knows if that will impact this season as well. Coming in at number four, a team that is going under a drastic quarterback change in Utah State, not getting a whole lot of love. Neither is Colorado State coming in at five and then in last place in the Mountain Division is New Mexico. Then we got number one in the West Division, San Diego State, number two, Nevada, number three, Hawaii, number four, Fresno State, number five, San Jose State, and then lowly UNLV. Not too many surprises here. Maybe the lone surprise is that Boise State wasn't unanimous. It seems like they almost always are unanimous. So let's turn to Mr. Katz. Michael, how did, how did your preseason poll look? Uh, so you know that one vote for Wyoming? That, yeah. that, that was me. Um, and I put a lot of thought into it because, you know, I, I lived in Boise. I covered Boise State for a number of years. But, um, you know, there were just a couple of things that – I'm kind of unsure of with them. Their offensive line, I don't think is particularly great. Um, Hank Bachmeyer, who was everybody's pick to be the first team all-conference quarterback, has an injury history. Um, And I'm not super high on that defense either. Uh, And probably the biggest one is that in this hypothetical season, they play in Laramie. Um, and just given how, you know, last year's game win and, you know, that game in 2016, it just, I'm, I'm on the record as saying that this Wyoming team is, has a good chance to, you know, win nine games or so. Um, and I, I really think that this is the perfect year for them to beat Boise state. I mean, it's, it's the circumstances are insane, but in some ways that almost makes it like the perfect situation to kind of, to kind of take them down because everybody's kind of starting behind the eight ball with, uh, you know, a lack of practices and this whole uncertainty. And, you know, Boise State has had some issues in terms of uh, 
you know, positive tests and whatnot. You know, they shut down campus over there for a bit. Uh, relatively speaking, Wyoming's been fairly clean and they've been able to kind of keep doing all of their stuff. And, uh, you know, just with, with, I really think that the way last year's game went and being so close on that blue field and losing that heartbreaker, I know they're mad about it. They they have a bad taste in their mouth. They have a bad taste from the last few games because they were right there and they just couldn't quite do it. And, uh, this is a team that I think has something to prove. Um, and I think that game being here, uh, you know, assuming that there's fans and whatever that might look like, I think it's going to be pretty electric. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, I believe the last home game uh, of, of the season uh, as currently constructed. I, I think I, I, you know, Boise state is, is the easy pick because it always seems like they're, you know, the team to beat and they usually are, uh, but I think this Wyoming team it has a chance to be really, really special. Uh, as far as the West is concerned, I chose San Diego State. I don't think they're that great, uh, but I don't think the rest of the division is that great either. You know, I don't really trust Fresno State with a new head coach. I don't trust Hawaii with a new head coach and a new quarterback. I don't trust Nevada just in general because uh, they, you know, one week they'll look incredible and then the next, you know, they lose a really dumb one. Uh, so San Diego state was, was the team for me. Uh, but I think whoever wins the mountain division is probably going to win the mountain West overall. That's some good looks there. Uh, great input. Thanks for sharing that with us, Michael. David and I talked about Hank Bachmeyer uh, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the preseason selections. And uh, do you think he deserves that recognition as the QB on that first team? Do you think he's that good? Yeah, it, it, it's funny because this is a, a weird year for quarterbacks in the conference with a lot of turnover because, you know, Jordan Love is gone. Uh, he was, you know, and he even didn't have that great of a, you know, a season last year. Um, you know, I, I don't really – Nevada's quarterback situation is always kind of a head-scratcher. Hawaii's is gone. Uh, you know, I, I think with Bachmeyer, you know, I'm I'm from Southern California. I know what his high school career was, and it was – I mean, he set, like, every record in Southern California, uh, which is saying something. And, you know, that first game last year against Florida State on the road, he brought him back, and it looked like he was going to be, like, the man. And when he played last year, he was really good. Um, you know, that offense is pretty conducive to uh, producing good quarterback numbers, whether it's, you know, Brett Rippon. Uh, Grant Hedrick, it just seems like everybody from there ends up being a, a, a pretty good option, you know, numbers-wise. And, you know, it's just – if he gets hurt, you know, it obviously changes things. And I I, I don't know what's going to happen on that front. But just in terms of who's coming back and, you know, if there's one thing about Boise State, they do have good receivers. They always have good skill position players. Uh, and if Hank can stay healthy, I think he's a pretty dynamic kind of quarterback and so it's not that like I don't want to say it's like there weren't a lot of like good choices but he just he just kind of made the most sense given all of the all of the turnover it's 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 a really weird year for quarterbacks in Mountain West yeah there's certainly a lot of quarterback turnover and coach turnover especially in that West division I mean I'm looking at it here San Diego State Hawaii Fresno State all have new coaches. So could be could be a weird year on that side of the conference, as well as going back to Hank 
Blackmire, so I know you used to cover Boise State, and they don't really give freshmen the opportunity to talk to the media a lot. So late in the season last year, it was interesting when they there was a big feature on Hank Bachmeyer. That was something I took notice of. I was like, wow, they must be really high on this kid. And then he never played. Yep. Never played again. He was never to be heard from again. So that's really something that I, I was kind of floored when we go back. Yeah, we talked about the preseason teams, if you would. So that kind of takes us into the Wyoming quarterback situation. It's an interesting one. It's a tricky one because Sean Chambers, in my opinion, should be the guy. Seems like the team rallies around him. But obviously we saw in the bowl game Levi Williams got the team going. The offense had some explosive plays. I know you talked to Levi Williams this offseason. What do you make of the, the quarterback situation? Well, you know, in talking with Brent Vegan and, and, and Craig Bull, they're always really adamant that you don't lose your job based on injury. They're really they've, – they've, that's always kind of been their thing. Um, and in talking with, 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 with Vegan, you know, he basically said, you know, if the season were to start right now, it would probably be Sean. Uh, and a big reason for that is because there was no spring practice for Levi, and that was going to be a big opportunity for him since Sean wasn't going to be able to practice for the majority of it. It would have been a chance for Levi to really kind of, you know, show what he had, take the reins a little bit, and make it really, really interesting. Um, it's not to say that won't happen, uh, you know, when, when, when camp starts uh, supposedly next week. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that not having a, a spring ball and with workouts being as strange as they are kind of gives the advantage to Sean because, I mean, they know what they have in Sean. You know, he's eight and three as a starter. Uh, they love his moxie. Like you said, the team rallies behind him. Um, he wins. And so, uh, you, you know, they'll, they, they will all say he needs to improve his passing. You know, you can't complete 43% of your passes and, and be a starting quarterback, you know, unless you're a triple option team and they are not. Um, he has to get better and he, and he knows that. And, you know, I know he's he hasn't had time to practice uh, with the team, but I know he's been working on stuff. And uh, but you know the the element that he brings to the offense, it's things just look so different last season when he was there compared to when he was. And obviously, we didn't see Levi until later, and really in the bowl game. Um, but you know, if I had to say right now, I, I know they really really like Sean. Uh, but Levi is going to get every chance. And, you know, if, if it comes down to, uh, you know, a, a few things here and there during fall camp, I think it could go either way. But, you know, I, I, I try not to be a betting man, but I would have to imagine Sean would start against Weber State again in that hypothetical game, uh, assuming there's non-conference games. Um, but, uh, you, you know, I, I think anything could still happen. But uh, I, I know they have a lot of respect for Sean in that room. Yeah, you talk about hypothetical. I mean, could be hypothetical game. Sean starts in that game. I know David kind of touched on this a little bit. Uh, how possible do you think it is that Wyoming really does go through the season without a positive COVID test? And, I mean – Again, a big shout-out to 
all the athletes for testing negative and everyone else and the faculty, athletics department, everything. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny because, you know, like, you know, obviously we had the whole thing with the Miami Marlins today and like that, they got what, like 17 people already within like four days of the season. Uh, And here you've got, you know, Wyoming who's been testing for a couple months now and they still don't have a positive test. Uh, I jokingly said it was like, this was like the Joe DiMaggio hitting streak of like, of college football. Cause like this, it, this is like so rare that they, there's no positive tests. Every school has had at least one or two. What do I think it's possible for them to really do it throughout a whole season? No, I, I think there will probably be a couple. Um, that's not a bad thing. I think that's to be expected. And I think, you know, the big challenge is, you know, it's been great that you haven't had any, but what do you do when you do? Who do you shut down? Uh, who do you quarantine? Do you shut everything down? Do you let certain guys go? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of, it's obviously a good situation to not have had, um, you know, a, a positive test yet. But uh, if if one does come up, I'm interested to see how, you know, they'll work it. And I have no doubt that they'll, you know, they've handled everything else so well that they'd figure it out. But uh, you know, I, I, I would say the odds that they go the whole season without a single one is, is pretty low. And that's just cause, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a math guy, but, uh, I dabble in the percentages and the percentages would say there would be at least one. It was pretty funny. I was, uh, at the barbershop in Laramie last week and, I overheard one of the football players telling the barber, he said, yeah, Coach Bull has been walking around with a six-foot-long piece of PVC, and he's been making sure everyone's been socially distancing. I thought that was pretty funny. Have you heard anything about that? I have not. That's that's fantastic and extremely on brand. But, uh, no, I, I just know in talking with players, they're, you know, when I asked Craig about that, you know, when – college kids get back in town like how do you stop them from being college kids right uh and he said you know we can only do what we can do it's kind of up to them to police themselves and you know i spoke with chad muma and a couple other guys and they basically were like we're not letting like one or two guys screw up this whole season for us uh they're like they're they're policing and if they see somebody stepping out of line they're on them and they're they're letting them know that like no you can't you are not going to be the reason that we don't have a season. And so I, I think for, for all of the, the older guys, the veterans, I think they're really kind of taking it on themselves to, uh, to make sure that no one puts themselves in a, in a stupid position because I, I think they know how good this team can be. And I think they, they know that, uh, you know, if, if it's a couple guys who screw it up, they're all going to be really, really upset about what could have been. This team looks unbelievable on paper. I know they lost Logan Wilson, Cash, and Elijah Halliburton, but they return Xavier Valade. Before we get into that, though, I know you talked to Coach Bull, and we talked to Cooper Roth about how closely he works with the special teams, and it's been a strong unit when Cooper Roth was there. And everybody knows... I have a ton of Cooper Ross stock, so I need to know who who am I going to back it up with? Who's the next Wyoming great kicker? 
it's it's pretty crazy because like the only returning like starting special teamer is like Jesse Hooper, the long snapper. Everyone else is literally gone. Um, you know, it's funny. Like we do our preview magazine, and he was the only guy I could talk to because he's the only one who's actually played, uh, and no one has any idea who the hell is going to kick or punt. Uh, even Craig, like Craig Bowl was literally like, I, it would be premature for me to say anything because I haven't seen him, which is fair. Um, you know, if if we're looking just on a you know looking down the roster, I think the guy who makes the most sense is the Cornell. Uh, graduate Nick Knoll, uh, who's, he's got experience. He can kick and punt. Um, I doubt they'd want him to do both, but, you know, he could. Again, I just think that his experience is probably a, a big factor, and I don't think they want to let the kicking game be the reason that they lose games this year. And so, you know, I know they have uh, Luke Lassick, uh, who I think redshirted last year, and he's a, he's a Wyoming kid, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I know they're high on him too. That they, you know, Hooper talked a lot about his leg, uh, but and, and his confidence. I guess he was a high. I guess he was a quarterback early in his career, so he he's got ice in his veins from what Hooper told me. Um, but you know, if if I was looking at who would make the most sense, it would probably be uh, Noel. But I I wouldn't count Classic out. It's good to know. It's good to know, especially. Because the kicking game matters, as you mentioned earlier, a close, close loss at the – I don't want to say at the feet of Cooper Roth, but I will last year in Boise. So hopefully that doesn't come up again. You picked Wyoming second. I want to know, how do you see this season going for them, especially in the Mountain West Conference play? Because it doesn't seem like bowl games are going to happen, at least right now here in – late July, I don't know how they're going to work out all those logistical issues. So the non-conference doesn't really even factor in, especially not really for the group of five as much as you would think. So how do you think this season plays out for Wyoming? So when, when, the, when non-conference games were still a for sure thing for everybody, uh, I had Wyoming finishing nine and three, I believe. Um, I had them beating Utah, but I had them losing at Louisiana. Uh, Cause I think that game is going to be sneaky tough if it gets played because they've got a really good offense and a really good defense And Louisiana. is just a completely different environment on a lot of levels. Uh, I think, you know, it's hard to say an 11 and three team is like a trap game uh, you know, because they were really good last year. Um, but that was, that was the one non-conference game I saw them losing. And then I believe I had them losing, and this was before Air Force's quarterback situation happened. I had them losing to Air Force, and I believe at Nevada. Um, so I had them at 9-3. and three. Uh, Obviously, I, I think if, if the Air, you know, if, 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 if DJ Hammond isn't able to play, uh, it's, you know, and then they lost Isaiah Saunders, their backup, who transferred to Stanford. Uh, it would be hard for me because so much of what made them good last year was their ability to throw the ball down the field at, at big moments. And Hammond was really, really good at that, especially against Wyoming. He sealed the game with a you know 75-yard touchdown pass in the late in the fourth. And, and so, you know, they're always going to run the ball well. I get that. But the, the difference was, I think, the passing quarterback. And if he's not there, I would probably switch that, that one around. Uh, I still – Again, I, I don't think Nevada is is great, but I think Nevada is a tough place to play, and I think they play well there. Um, so, I mean, I, I I would say realistically, 
probably right now two conference losses. That's fair. Wyoming, the schedule gods were on their side this 2020 year. Now, the epidemiologist gods, not so much. Not so but much. the Wyoming has a very – they have everybody that could be a challenger coming to Laramie. San Diego State, Boise State, Utah State, who I still – you got Gary Anderson there and Logan. Can't count, can't count them out. And Air Force as well. The road games, New Mexico, Nevada, like you mentioned, Colorado State, semantics over whether or not that could become a home game, and then at UNLV. So the schedule really lines up for them to do very well. I, I kind of – I tend to agree with you. Two losses is kind of where I see this team, especially if Levi Williams has confidence at the quarterback position and Sean Chambers gets hurt like he has. So – Robert, do you think anything differently? No, absolutely not. I agree with you guys. Uh, Michael, I, that's, I mean, that take on traveling to Louisiana and that being a sneaky, tough game, I never really thought about it like that. But I do agree with you. David and I talked about it a lot. Utah is coming off of a, I mean – this is a this is a different season for them, kind of. They're losing – we talked about it, They're losing their top returners from offense. They don't have any of those guys anymore. Um, and, of course, they're traveling to Laramie where it's a tough place to play. You know the Pokes are going to want to come back and beat their old conference rival. The fans are going to be crazy if that game happens and if there are fans. I think that is prime position for the Cowboys to beat Utah there. Um so I don't know. No, I I think I would definitely have to agree with both of you guys. Let's talk a little bit before before we let Mr. Katz go about Xavier Valadet. He was a monster in 2019, but I don't know if we've seen the full monster unleashed yet. He had 1,265 yards on the ground, had another 211 through the air catching the ball eight total TDs, and he showed up on the preseason Doak Walker Award and Maxwell Award wish watch list, which is quite the honor. It definitely means that eyes are going to be on the University of Wyoming and Xavier Valade. What, what do you think we can reasonably expect from Valade in 2020? So it, it's interesting because – like, I wouldn't be surprised if he runs for less yards, but is better than he was, if that makes sense. Because, you know, they, they didn't want to give him 35 carries at the end of the year uh, and all those touches, but they had to because everyone else in the running back room was hurt. Trey Smith was out, Titus Swen was out, and they were really on, uh, they were on walk ons uh, behind, uh, behind, you know, Valade. And so, uh, you know, it was kind of a necessity to run him as much as they did. And obviously he performed incredibly well. But I think in a perfect world, if all three of those guys, Swen, Smith, and Valade are healthy, I think Valade is still the guy, obviously. Uh, but I think there's more carries for everybody else. And, and so, you know, with the offensive line being as good as it is, I wouldn't be surprised to see them run more than they did last year but I would be surprised if, if X gets as many carries because, you know, I, I think they've got 
uh, an embarrassment of riches back there, assuming everybody's healthy, that they can give X a break and, you know, they can go with the hot hand and, and they can use X late in the game when they really need to really, you know, grind out the clock or, or whatever it may be. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know if he'll get to the, you know, the 1,265 yards. I think he'll probably up his touchdown numbers. I think he'll up his catches. Um, and I think his yards per carry is going to go up. But I don't know if he's going to get the yards. But I, I think overall, Wyoming as a team is going to have a better running offense because there's just so many options. And obviously, I mean, that offensive line is just – it's great. It's just a great offensive line. What do you have to say about that offensive line there? I mean, they go – you know, obviously Patrick Arnold uh, retiring was – uh, that's a hit, obviously, because he started some games. But you know they go seven deep. Uh, they've got they've got uh, so many guys who who have started a number of games. You know, uh, Bart Miller thinks they've got the best interior with Keegan Kreider, uh, uh, Eric Abage, and uh, and Logan Harris. And you know, a tackle. Velasquez has had his injuries last year, but he sounds like he's healthy. Rudy Stouffer, and then Frank Crum. I mean, they've just got. It, it doesn't matter who they put in there last year. They still produced. And so assuming that those top guys are healthy this year, I mean, they've got, you know, a guy like Gavin Rush could be coming off the bench or Zach Watts. And those are guys who almost any other year would be like pencil in starters, but they're so deep on the line that, you know, they might be, uh, sorry guys, windows are open. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was unnecessary. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I think that with, so with all that depth there, it's hard not to see the line being even better than it was. Uh, you know, I know that they were, they worked out a lot of them stayed in Laramie, uh, because, you know, it was safer from the pandemic than some of their hometowns were. Um, and I know they, you know, they worked out in Frank Crum's basement and they get, uh, coach Donovan gave them a, a, a barbell and some weights and they just set up a bench press down there. Uh, so, you know, I know they, you know, Bart Miller's really instilled a, a confidence and a, a hunger in those guys and be hard for me not to see them be even better than they were last year. That, that team, that, that group is uh, as deep, uh, by far the, the deepest group in the Mountain West. And I think it's, it could end up being one of the best groups in the country. Yeah, I saw, um, I remember seeing that Wyoming has the most returning offensive line starts with 146 in division one football. And that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty tough. We're talking about Xavier and Valaday. Trey Smith and Titus Swin are coming back. I was going to ask, do you think we are putting too much pressure on Valaday? But do you think the reemergence of those two other running backs will take some of the pressure off of him? And maybe, like you said, he will be better, but he won't play as much. Do you think that will, those two guys will – I mean, they will probably take a lot of pressure off of him, but how much do you think they will? So when I, I, I spoke with Trey uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he's, he's a confident dude. You know, he's a, he's a sixth-year senior guy. He, he, he can say things that other guys in this, you know, can't. And he was like, we have the best running back room in the country. And I was like, that's a pretty, like, bold statement. And he was like, well, it's true. And I asked X that same question. And X didn't say, like, oh, I agree. But he was like, he didn't say any lies. Like they're, they're extremely confident in what they have, uh, you know, to, I, I don't, I don't think X sees it as pressure. I think he enjoys getting the carries. I think a lot of last year was kind of proving to himself that he could do it. Cause I don't think a lot of people thought that he could take the punishment that he did. 
just kind of given his stature and, and what we had seen, you know, people had seen from him previously. Um, you know, I think if they gave him the ball 40 times a game, he'd be happy. But I think he's going to be pretty happy to be fresher in games and to have, you know, guys like Titus and Trey, you know, not necessarily take pressure off him, but keep him healthy. Uh, you know, X did get banged up last year. And he played through it for the most part. Um, and, you know, he was finally healthy for the bowl game. And we saw how good he was when he was fully healthy. Um, but those last few weeks of the regular season, he was not 100%. Uh, and so I, I don't think it's it's putting pressure on him. I don't think he sees it that way either. But I think he probably sees, you know, having help back there as a chance for him to stay fresh and to make the most of, of the carries that he does get. All right, well – We'll wrap it up here with you, Michael. We really appreciate all of the time that you have given us, especially usually you're only here for like 20 minutes. So this is great longer, longer period of time. Great to have you on. But before you go, you said you're not a betting man, but I'm going to set it 1300 yards for Xavier Valade over or under that. It sounds like you're going to go under. All right. I'm going way over. We'll check back any with each other in December Whoever the loser is, they'll have to buy something at the library or something next time I'm in Laramie. We'll, we we'll figure out. We'll figure it out. But really appreciate it, Michael. And uh, stay safe out there. Good to Thanks, have you guys. back in Wyoming. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Really appreciate Michael Katz for coming on, especially for so long. It's it's always great to talk to Katz. I could talk to him probably for hours. We could have gone on for a lot. A lot longer. Could have argued over the Xavier Valaday thing in depth. I mean, less than 1,300 yards? Th- book it. Book it right now. He's, he's going to be a monster this season. I don't care how many carries he ends up with. He's going off. He only had 247 carries last year. You average that out to about 13, uh, 13 games. That's less than 20 a game. I don't see – I do see them probably running the ball more this year, and I don't see how he doesn't get back to that mark and outperforms. It all just depends on those other two guys and how much playing time they're seeing because obviously, dude, they're going to run the ball. I mean – They're going to run the ball. We, we, we talked about that dominant offensive line just now, and they're going to run the ball. The, even if the – they're going to fill the box. The defenses are going to fill the box, and they're still not going to be able to stop the run. So they're just going to continue to run the ball. So maybe he will get that mark. It just depends on, you know, what happens. There could be injuries again. There could be, I mean, who just who knows? I don't know, man. But you guys didn't ask me my take on that. Well, what's your take? We, we got cu- I got caught up. So what's your take? Give us the full spin. Over under 1,300 yards. I'm going to have to roll with the under. Oh. Especially especially if uh, we're talking you're, – you're saying over with 11 games though, correct? With 11 games. I don't care that they're losing a game. Only one right now. Now, we may have to revisit the bet if all non-conference gets canceled. See, I, I think that I think that he's going to go for 300 against Weber State opening week. What is that, almost 
a quarter of it right there. Yeah, that's t- almost 25%. A little under 25%. I'm, I'm telling you, he, he's going to be a monster this year. A monster. I still think even with less carries, I, I think the freshness, like like Katz pointed out, if he, even if he gets less carries, he's going to be fresh. He's going to be breaking yeah. tackles. He's going to have two guys, one of two guys at quarterback that is capable of keeping the defense on their toes. I, he's going to be an absolute beast. Yeah, defenders, they were struggling to tackle him on his 32nd carry last season toward the end of the season when he was really – so, I mean, they're going to probably – they're going to still struggle to tackle him on his 12th carry. It looks like he's going for two all the time and he ends up with six. That's how you know you have a great running back. A great running back. Xavier Valade is a great college running back for University of Wyoming. We'll move on to the Wyoming high school ranks. We've got some high school activities association news from the state of Wyoming. The WHSAA released a statement regarding the return to competition this fall. It's kind of a long statement. So basically, I'm just going to boil it down for you. Go out there, everybody. Don't be selfish. Wear a mask. Socially distance. Do what you can so the high school kids can have their opportunity to play. These guys only get four years. They're not going to get any rollover from a university if there's an opportunity. They have four years of high school. That's it. That's all. That's all she wrote. So these kids are dying to play. They can't wait to get out there and play. And honestly, I can't wait to watch them. I can't wait to check in with these high school kids, especially Trent Walker from Kelly Walsh High School, who's going to be on the podcast here momentarily. His coach, Aaron McKelkey, Coach McKelkey, sat down, asked him a few questions, wanted to give him the spotlight, didn't want him to tell us. Coach McKelkey didn't want to talk about QB Trent Walker. He just wanted Trent Walker to do the talking which I think says a lot about him and his leadership style. Obviously, Kelly Walsh didn't have a great year in 2020, but they sounds like they've done everything that they can to be prepared to rebound, and they don't want people to screw it up. Because right now, it seems like everything is going to go according to plan. Some things have been shifted for the fall sports season in the high school ranks, but a lot of the stuff, it's going on. Classes are going to begin on Monday, August 10th, and then practice can resume on Monday, August 17th, if I'm breaking down this release correctly. The first game for Kelly Walsh is actually on Friday, August 28th, against Cheyenne South. So we've got that to look forward to them. I'm going to just – I'm going to shut up, stop, stop talking, let Trent Walker take the mic – his coach, Coach McKelkey, the coach at Kelly Walsh there in Casper, is the one asking him these questions. Spotlight's on you, brother. My name's Trenton Walker. I'm a senior quarterback here at Kelly Walsh. Uh, some of the off-season work, work we've been doing, uh, about four days a week, we'll come to the field and get some throws in. 
run routes, kind of just work through our playbook and make sure the stuff is fresh in our minds so we're, we're as ready for the season as we need to be. Uh, just about the same, uh, we'll also go to the track a few times a week, get some speed work in, uh, make sure we're staying healthy, and uh, then we'll do some team stuff. We have to stay in smaller groups. We, we have about four time slots where we do some field work, agility, and speed stuff out here on the field, and then we'll go into the weight room and do some band work in there, some dumbbell work, and stuff of that nature. Okay, how about the outlook for the season and your senior year? Yeah, so coming into my senior year, uh, just wanting to win games uh, is the main goal. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, every game we've got and uh, just trying to make sure all of our guys are on the same page. And right now, uh, this season, we're uh, way ahead of where we were last season and we all, we all feel way more comfortable with where we are and we're all just excited to, and ready to get going. Well, it sounds very exciting. I've watched this video half a dozen times. I'm pumped up. I can't wait to watch Kelly Walsh High School football this year. Really excited for Trent and Coach McKelkey. Can't wait to root for their team. I'm not afraid to say it. I root for the guys who, who give us a little bit of their time. Can't wait to watch him shine in the spotlight. And I really appreciate Coach McKelkey for getting back to us and giving Trent Walker that opportunity to talk about the team. He wanted to praise the team. Trent said he is a listener of the podcast as well, right? Yeah, so shout out to him as a loyal listener. Pumped to hear that. Can't wait to have him hear himself on the podcast. Hopefully he's not blushing too much right now. Hopefully he's enjoying it. And uh, don't let it go to your head, big guy. I know that coming on the podcast is a big deal. So good luck this season to Kelly Walsh and – Trent and Coach McKelkey and everyone there in Casper. Robert, before we go here, you're a little bit of a high school athlete yourself down there at Cheyenne East. What's one of your favorite high school memories there in the state of Wyoming? My One of my favorite high school, just athletics? We're talking athletics, right? Athletics, yes. Okay. Athletics. Um, I don't know, David. There, there are a lot that come to mind off the bat. Um, senior year football when we smoked Cheyenne Central at home, that was that, that, that's up there. But I would have to say my favorite is freshman year, high school basketball, Cheyenne East. We played in – it used to be called, I don't know if it still is, the Gilding Championship. They don't necessarily have a state championship for, I mean, non-varsity teams, obviously. So they would pretty much pair up the best two teams in the state and they would play for what is sort of the freshman state championship game. And although we did lose, we played Kelly Walsh, freshman year basketball. I just remember it was a great game. It was a lot of fun. And, I mean, that's probably the most – Vivid and the best memory I have from high school athletics right there. And it is a loss, but it was a it was a it was a damn good game and it was a lot of fun. And I miss playing basketball with that 
that team that team right there. Exactly. I can hear the pain in your voice, see it in your eyes. That's what I'm talking about. We got to do everything we can to give these high school kids their opportunity, their time to make these memories. These are some of the most fun times of your life. And a lot of them happen playing sports. doesn't matter if you're playing cross country or football or golf, basketball, whatever. These are the memories that last. You remember those triumphs, even those failures on the basketball court, the football field, the track, whatever it may be. So I just can't wait. I want to do everything that I can to give high school kids their opportunity and make sure it's safe for them to play and to do what they like to do. These are unreal times. It's unbelievable, unimaginable. So I just – I hold my hand out. I want to do anything I can to help these kids, give them a spotlight, and especially just give them an opportunity to, you know, share some of the things that they've been doing to create those kinds of memories. Even the practice, those are memorable times. So – We'll wrap this episode up right here. It's been a fantastic episode. Really appreciate Michael Katz for joining us for pretty much the whole episode. And then for Trent Walker and Coach McKelkey getting in there in the last minute here or so so we could get some high school spotlight out there. You can follow me on Twitter, at Mr. David Graff. You can also check out Another podcast project that I've been working on. It's about minor league baseball in the Mountain West. It's called the Pioneer League Podcast. If you're interested in baseball, check that out. It's really cool. Interviewed some really cool folks. Talked some, talked about some cool things. You can follow Robert on Twitter at rmunoz307. As I will always say, and Robert will always rep the Cowboy State. He's got you. He's holding it down. He's ready. He's ready for University of Wyoming Athletics to return. And he's even more pumped for high school sports to return and to be out there covering that and getting those stories. I know he can't wait to tell those stories. So look forward to that. Look forward to our next episode. We're hoping to have a great guest, a great guest lined up, somebody from the University of Wyoming, somebody that you may never have heard talk before but we can't wait to have him on so we'll be back next week with another great episode keep subscribed stay rating the podcast we appreciate all the support stay safe out there
Baby, now 